there with her husband, and her husband got caught up in some shit and got like six months. And so she was in this RV mm-hmm. just by herself. And cop came through and said, yo, you can't park this here. Go park it at this lot and you'll be fine. And she was like, cool. And she goes and brings that shit over there. And not 12 hours later, same fucking cop rolls up and impounds that shit because it's parked illegally. I was like, ain't that a bitch? (laughs) How is that even? Ain't no proof. And that's all it is. Like, they... Nine times out of ten, he was like, it's just they, they think that they can do whatever they want to us because, you know, we're the low end of the totem pole. Yeah, and, you have, and most of them have mm-hmm. no means of recording the yeah. conversation when the police are talking to them or, yeah, and even, yeah. If they, even if they, you know, did have access to that, it, it still becomes a, a matter of their word against the police. Mm-hmm. And the police are usually going to win that one. So, yeah. damn, man. Like, I just saw on, on Facebook earlier today, and I, and I don't spend much time on Facebook anymore but um, I logged in real quick and was just kind of scrolling and I saw where they had uh, Phoenix I think it was that opened their first tiny home community for the homeless mm-hmm. oh man I was like yo that's dope yeah get on that you know that's and that's lovely. something that um, uh, Shante and I have been talking about doing here yeah so I was like yo it needs to happen I was like mm-hmm. that, it doesn't make sense that a, a, a state with this much money Especially a city with as much money as Seattle would have mm-hmm. as many homeless people. You know what I'm yeah, yeah. Um, especially when I see so many boarded up buildings and yeah. homes that look like they're in ill repair. Like, you can fix those homes up and make it like a boarding home. Like you can have mm-hmm. three or four people living there. You know what I'm saying? And kind of like slowly but surely you start taking the numbers off the streets, getting them in solid residences. And once you do that, it kind of builds a person's confidence. Like, a person may not be confident enough to go fill out an application knowing they yeah. don't have an address. Okay, now I have an address. I have a place to take a shower. Da, 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 da. I can go get a job now. Like, I can really get out here and live. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I know when I was homeless, fortunately for me, I already had a job before I became homeless. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I'm homeless, but at least I got a job. Yeah. So then it was, I just got to buy my time. Find out how much I need to save to, to get, you know, get in a new place and then just work my ass off to get it. So I was working stupid hours. Like, I would go in at like 9 in the morning. I was working at this restaurant called Cookout in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They didn't close to 3 in the morning. Sometimes I'd go in at 9 in the morning and not get off till 3 in the morning. Just, and like, I'd work all the way through and just be like, dog, they'd be like, you want a break? No. I don't want shit. Just let me go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they'd be like, you want to eat something? And then I was like, nope, because we had to pay... Um, like 25% of the cost yeah. of food and I was like it's not much but nah I need every dime I can do that so when I explained to my manager what was happening he said well look man so you get on your feet and get in your place you can eat for free and at the end of the night if That's you stay dope. till closing if you want to make you a couple burgers and surprises something take home with you you know drink shake whatever you're good I was yeah. like okay cool so like for a couple months I survived off of that and then I mean shit I was homeless for like a year and um I don't think I, well, maybe I didn't have to be, but I wanted to make sure when I moved into my place that I would be able to move in, get everything on, and stay there. Yeah. Like, not move in and then two months later get kicked out, you know what I'm saying? So, that was crazy, but, you know, oh, this is a long-ass intro. My bad. Let's get down (laughs) to finish. Yo, what's up? Uh, Y'all know what it is. Y'all know where y'all at. You know what I'm saying? Panther Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Seven the Panther. A.K.A. Young Bunchy Carter, A.K.A. a bunch of other shit you probably should not call me to my face, so I will punch you. Ah, today, 
I have a uh, I had a homie in here, man. Like normally, I have rappers in here, or I have uh, uh, politicians in here, or something of the sort. But today, I want to step outside of the normal circle of stuff and do something different. I got my man Sean Odell in the building, representing Big City Grind, which is a very, very uh, it's a fairly new company for the most part. But they're doing a lot of big things, um, a lot of good shows, podcasts. Um, Man, I can't even get into all of it. I'm gonna let him tell y'all about it. But uh, I've had the uh, I've had the pleasure of doing a couple shows with them. I've also been on cocktails and conversations with them. Um, so if y'all are familiar with uh, Natasha Nicole, her crazy ass, she's like the main face of Big City Grind, I suppose. Uh, shout out to my man Eric as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, besides y'all three, I don't know who else is involved. That's so. it, man. Yeah, That's we, it. Okay. we run the whole show, man. It's crazy. I can dig it. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. So, t- so tell the people, like, what what is your? Uh, I would say title, but that sounds stupid. But fuck nah, it. That's good. Yeah, title yeah, for, nah. for lack of a better word. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm the I'm the artist. So I my my direct title in the company is uh, chief creative officer. Okay. Um, you know, and we we all share uh, the office of CEO. Um, and we made that just a triple split just to make sure that, like, everything that we do, uh, we agree 100%. Like, each one of us has to be invested because if one of us isn't invested, then that means that we can't move forward as a team. Absolutely. So everything we do, we we have to have 100% laser focus on. Ah, I like it. I like it. Okay. so And that's, that's big, not just for... Um, I hope y'all are paying attention because a lot of y'all got big ass teams with like 20 people and y'all think that's a cool thing, but it's hard to get 20 people on the same page. For real. Uh, it's a whole lot easier to get three minds that already have a similar goal in, in, in mind on the same on the same page. So that's yeah. cool. Now, I know um, we're going to get into all the big city grind stuff, but I want to just say there are very few people I've met here who are fans of and i always say quote unquote real hip-hop <laughs> i always say quote unquote because you know some of these new new guys they I'll get upset and they feel they feel some type of way when you say oh what makes that real hip-hop and this not real hip-hop well if you really want me to get into it we can but <laughs> you know i don't want to have that conversation with them because they're never going to get it but yeah um you have an appreciation for the artistry of mc and, and producing you know, all of the elements that make a hip-hop record or hip-hop as a culture, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so how did you, like, what got you into hip-hop? Man, it's crazy. Like, the the neighborhood I grew up in, um, there wasn't really anybody around. Like, you know, some people say, you know, I grew up in a white neighborhood. Some people say I grew up in a black neighborhood. I grew up in this neighborhood. I grew up in that neighborhood. Um, for me, I kind of, my shit felt kind of right in the middle, man. It was crazy. Like, you could go up one block and be at, like, a million-dollar houses. Ooh. You go down the block and... Like you better have something on you. Oh um, shit! Yeah, okay. the shit. The shit was crazy. Man. <laughs> um, and yeah, so but there was only one other kid on the block when we moved in, and I moved into that house when we were when I was like three. Um, oh, okay. And so, dude, dude became like my brother. And I still hang with him today, and I just call him my brother Shane. And he 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 got me into hip hop, man. Like he came and. He, um, the first album he ever gave me was uh, Above the Law. <laughs> oh, wow. And then uh, he followed up, like, I was like, yo, like, I need more of this shit. <laughs> and he followed it up with um, with uh, Bone Thugs, came in with, with The Chronic, and those were, like, the three first 
hip hop albums that I ever listened to. And when you hear those three albums, when you talk about real hip hop, that's oh, yeah. why absolutely I that's why I I take hip hop so personally, and that's why I that quote unquote real hip hop. That's why that's the only thing I can fuck with because that's what I came in on. Above the law is very um, underrated, very very slept on. A lot of people yeah. don't know. Like I'm like yo, y- y'all like ruthless. Y'all don't really like ruthless. Y'all like N.W.A. And I like Easy E, which I don't like. Know the things that fell under that family tree that that you probably missed if you weren't looking for it. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, above the law, love them, man. So what was the first? This is a question I've never asked. So what was the first hip hop album you went and bought with your own money? The first album I went and bought was, um, oh shit, why am I spacing on it? Um, Sticky Fingers. Um, oh, Black Trash, the Kirk Jones album. Yeah. Oh god, that album is great. Yeah. Oh man, that guy's amazing. He, and and uh, I, I, I constantly had a conversation with people and say that he is one of the most underrated hip hop artists ever. Yeah, because he is lyrically, he's crazy. Like Onyx was um, a lot of people thought Onyx was a fad. Like uh, it was cool the first go yeah, round, it's not gonna last. And they did it again, and it was like, ah, oh, that's cool too, but it's not gonna last. And then that like the third album to me was their best album. Yeah. Um, um, Shut him down was fucking remarkable. And for him to spin out of that and to come from Onyx being what they were, like they were considered the East Coast equivalent of gangster rap, mm-hmm. basically, and they were super aggressive. But if anybody paid attention, Onyx was always really good at telling stories. Yeah. So when he took that concept and turned it into an entire album being one guy's story, and mm-hmm. Kirk Jones is him, so like basically a semi autobiographical, but you know, very, um, what's the word? Very, uh, <laughs> What's the word? Oh God, he's uh, it's like it's like an it, it, embellished, embellished, majorly yeah, embellished. Yeah. yeah, that's the word I was Crazy looking for. Embellished, yeah. yeah, but 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 it, it's still his story, and that's exactly. the thing, man. Like that's the shit that I love, man. When you can take something of yourself, like that's something true to you, but maybe it's not true to me. But that's the thing; those little embellishments make it to where I can fuck with it, and he can fuck with it, and she can yes. fuck with it, and it's those little embellishments that people don't do anymore. And that's why half the songs that are out there right now, they're at the same four beats and they're saying the exact same shit. But if you can tell me a story, well, I mean, I want to know you, man. And, and, and you know, I I can get on, on, on seven albums all day. Like, we, we'll do that in a little bit. But, but you know, that's, what, that's why I fuck with your shit so hard. Because when I hear that, like, you know, when I hear you, when, when, when I hear... Um, uh, man, I'm, I'm trying to think of rappers out there right now, and it's so hard. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, oh, no doubt. You yeah, know, when I, rare, I, I'll use local stuff. When I hear you, when I hear real life, um, when I hear um, when I hear Terry Monstrosity, um, when I hear when I hear Dice, you know, like I introduced I you to Dice, Dice the other day. I like Dice. Yeah, yeah Dice, Dice is dope. I like Dice. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Like when I hear that, when I hear them cats, like that's. I, I know what they're saying. Like I like I, I I can see into their life a little bit, and that's what you know. Each song is is three minutes and thirty seconds of a window into you. Exactly. Yeah, and, and more people need to look at it that way. I think they just look at it as three minutes and thirty seconds to try to get to this money. And yeah. I feel like if I, if I can tell you, if I can, sell, the easiest thing for me in the world to sell is me. Mm-hmm. It's way easier for me to sell you me than for me to try to come up with a character to sell you. So I'm like, yeah, the name is different, 
Seven the Panther is not the name my parents gave mm-hmm. me. But the person who was saying these words, who you call Seven the Panther, is still me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, are there embellishments involved? Sure. You have to have some. Absolutely. Because a lot of the things I talk about now may be things that I don't necessarily do anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, but I, I have a, a wide enough history with those things to still be able to talk about them and make it relevant. Well, and that's all of those things. Even though you don't do them anymore, they led to what you do now. Exactly. Like, that. that that's your life. Like, every one of those things built seven pounds. And just for the record, since there's no video for this, he is in here with the crispy Wu Tang Thirty Six Chamber oh, shirt shit. on right now. <laughs> you know, I wow, that word. like that's crazy, man. Like I, I didn't expect to find, um, and uh, you're one of the main ones. But there's been several people I met here that um, I didn't expect to find so much love for, um, especially East Coast, mm-hmm. like what would be considered. Some would say mainstream because it was on a commercial level, but I still consider it underground rap. So like I could so like Wu Tang, Big L, absolutely, uh, guys like that. I consider them commercial underground. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, well, and you and I wild, talked man. about Big L before. Like Love you know, Big L. Big L was one of the first uh, people that I ever threw out to you when you and I were talking about music, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like that that's 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 inspiration. Yes, they, there there's rap. There's some shit that you can nod your head to. Maybe it's cool listening to driving down the road. Right. And then there's some shit that can inspire. And that's the difference. Yes, yeah. sir. That's the difference. That's why that I That inspiration shit's um, what I'm looking for. <laughs> when you're talking about the little embellishments making things relatable, um, my prime example of that, every time someone says something about, oh, I can't relate to it, is Eminem. Yeah. And I say, you know... The funny thing is I hear people like to use that excuse for why they don't like Eminem. I can't relate to what he's talking about. But I'm like, okay, so take away the trailer park and make it the projects. Mm-hmm. Take away uh, being white, trying to make it in a black art form, and take it, look at it as being black, trying to make it in a white society. Mm-hmm. What Eminem is selling you is a microcosm of your experience flipped in, the, in reverse. Absolutely. So if you, if you really pay attention to it, you can definitely relate because oh, yeah. what he's saying isn't some out of this world shit is some very very simple down there now he gets kind of crazy with the you know used to be doing the whole popping <laughs> pills and shady. yeah slim shady's crazy <laughs> eminem is dead. i fuck with eminem i fuck with i fuck with slim shady too but like slim shady's different yeah. he's a different kind of guy you know what i'm saying but i fuck with him nonetheless <laughs> and I, I absolutely love the last two albums he's put out i think should silence some of the people who say oh he shouldn't be rapping anymore yeah. Well, you might not like relapse, you might not like recovery, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you cannot deny Kamikaze and you can't deny mm-hmm. music to get killed to. Music to be killed to. Uh, those are two spectacular records. And they, he proved, he continues to prove that rap, rapping can still yeah. sell records. I mean, I, on, on, on music to be murdered by, or yeah, music to be killed to, whatever. I mean, I, um, like he, he's got a line in there. I think it's the first fucking track where he's talking about him, Jay-Z, and 2 Chainz. And how that's all they do is just catch mess all day saying, yo, you're past your prime, you need to get out and everything. And it's like, like, he, he's telling the truth. Like, he don't get, like, none of these guys get credit for longevity. Like, these guys are still putting out albums. Yes. And, and killing. And are they making as much as in their prime? Probably not. But they're still making twice as much as you, motherfucker. <laughs> like. I, I think if you're, if you're. You know, Jay-Z's 50 this year. No, 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 no. Jay-Z turned 50 last year. So Jay-Z will be 51 December of this year. And mm-hmm. he can still drop an album right now and go platinum. Yeah. Without a question. Um, Nas is, you know, like 47. 
uh, can still go platinum easy. Eminem is forty whatever, and he's mm-hmm. still selling millions of records. So I think that these guys. The reason why I feel like that starts to happen, though, is because we've never seen this before. Exactly. You know, guys like KRS, Rakim, Kooji Rap, all of those guys from that period, um, when hip-hop started changing, mm-hmm. like the sound started changing, the, the, and a lot of the stuff about the game started changing, a lot of them fell back because it was so foreign to yeah. what they were used to. So we didn't get that 20-year career from KRS-One. Mm-hmm. We didn't get, well, KRS-One maybe, yeah. We didn't get that consecutive 20-year career yeah. out of Rakim. We didn't get that from Kooji Rap. It was just kind of like guys took breaks. But what we're seeing now are Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas, even Fat Joe, yeah. um, guys who came out in the 90s who still are cons- consistently uh, uh, performing above the average. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, and, and then now they're bringing in artists who are helping to push the game forward. So, I mean, you got to think, Jay brought... J. Cole mm-hmm. and my God look what he's turned into really? you know Nas brought Dave East look what, what he's turning into mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying um, then you know Fat Joe has brought a plethora of artists through the game yeah. Eminem has Griselda who he's brought into the national spotlight and my God that is they might be between them and TDE they might be the best squad them right. TDE and Dreamville those are probably the three top squads of rappers in the game right now yeah. so um you gotta have an appreciation for that, man. And I mean, and that goes back to what you guys do, what Big City Grind does, because you guys do all of the things that make it possible to turn, oh, well, we're Griselda and we rap in Buffalo. You know, nobody knows us, but we're in Buffalo and we're really good. <laughs> yeah. But if somebody was to take the time to put us in front of cameras and put us on stages, that would all change. Mm-hmm. So not, right now, you guys are in the business of changing people's fantasies and dreams into realities yeah. as well as your own at the same time Absolutely. so I know about cocktails and conversations um, what are some of the other shows that you guys do as far as podcasting so, and yeah. so um, as far as podcasting goes like yeah we built we built a whole gang of shows uh, me and Eric run one called Failed and Confused <laughs> and it's, okay. it's really just about going going into like the shit that happens in life. We go in, we talk to local businesses, um, you know, like see see what makes them stand out, see what what causes their successes and failures. People that are on the brink of shutting down, like what would you do different? Um, you know, people that are are kind of finding their own path still, like you know, what what are you doing to do that shit? No doubt. Um, you know, and then sometimes it's just us talking about you know shit that that we've gone through in like you know. Um, you know, different jobs, different, you know, just life, like, you know, successes and failures and, and how we reacted and, and, you know, built back up from there. Um, so yeah, that's one of our big ones. Um, you know, we got that big city speaks and that's the one that we were talking about at the open. And that's really just about reaching out to our community. And, you know, that, that first episode is about, um, I went to uh, one of the, the homeless camps in Seattle and was just talking to them about the shit that they're going through and some of the struggles that they're seeing. And, you know, biggest thing that I can say about that one is, like, it, it's really just about trying to get that voice to to to, to the voiceless at this point. Like, no you doubt. know, they, they can sit there and scream at the top of their lungs and nobody hears them. Oh, man, yeah, that's... Oh, in just in case y'all was wondering, I just want to say real quick to interject. You want to know how real this podcast is? I'm doing laundry while we're doing this. And that noise, if you hear it in the background, is the washing machine. Just so you know. Like, it ain't no high-tech 
big studio, none of that shit. We sitting at the dining room table, phones on the table, washing machines going in the kitchen. So, pardon the noise, but I need clean clothes too, so fuck y'all. But anyway. That's that real life podcast. <laughs> you feel me? Like, I, like, my whole thing with this has always been, man, not to... I don't want to take it... I don't want to overproduce it yeah. and make it phony, you know what I'm saying? Because to me, it feels right. like... I see a lot of podcasts that I like, but a lot of times I see them and I'm like, you know, it would be way better if it wasn't so produced. What yeah. are they doing? Like, I don't understand. Why does it have to be so pretty? Like, you're just talking to people. Yeah. What is the big deal? Um, so, I have... Okay, so what, what that have Now, the, the thing that I noticed that you guys have gotten into more recently mm. and uh, is becoming more of a consistent thing, and I know uh, Natasha sent me a list of dates because she wanted to find out what I'm available for yeah. and what I'm not. So, Natasha, I'll get back to you about the ASAP. But um, throwing shows. Yeah. And that is something I used to do back in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not... Promoting shows is never an easy thing. Like, it oh, seems man. like it's simple enough. <laughs> oh, let's pick four or five acts. Boom, boom. Let's get a spot. Let's go do the show. But it's never that easy. Mm-hmm. It's never that simple. There's always... And, and I tell people, if you ever throw a show and there's, never, there's not a hiccup prior to the show, your show is going to be awful. Yep. I'm telling you. Like, all the Fresh. hiccups are being saved for that night. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, when... when it, as far as like deciding when to throw a show, where you're gonna throw the show, who's gonna be on the show, how do y'all go yeah. through that process? I will, yeah, I well, I mean, just the, our our whole process of getting into shows, that shit just kind of happened. Like um, somebody that was on uh, one of our one of our podcasts, I think they were on uh, cocktails and conversations, um, was just like, "Yo, you know, I'm, I want to get a show together. Y'all should come out and cover it." And we were like, "Cool," um, but. You know the 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 dude that was supposed to be putting the show together apparently just whacked that shit out. So we were like, man, we got this. Don't worry. So you know we found that venue and uh, you know built that partnership there. And you know we were able to get some some artists coming out. You know I was I was, you know absolutely dope to have you on that that first round because um, you know I know that you you did our rollout party too. So we had already built that. No doubt. So, yeah, no so doubt. I was like, yo, we gotta get seven on this first show. Um, and yeah, so that shit just kind of happened. And then after that, we were like, yo, you know, I mean, we're, we're all deep in, in the hip hop world. So like, this is something that we can fuck with. And it's something that, that we keep branching out on. Like there's different kinds of shows. We got comedy shows we're looking at, you know, we got just those day to day things. Um, you know, and then, and then recently, uh, we hooked up with, uh, DJ Dirty Harry, um, you know, old old cube style. Um, and now he's on a, an independent station in Seattle. And uh, we put together this competition. And it's called the Northwest Breakout. Oh, wow. And just because, and, and it's really what, what, you know, you were talking about is is finding those those new artists um, that are struggling to get in this. Because that shit's a grind, man. And that's why we call ourselves Big City Grind. Because that's what it is every day. Just grinding that shit out to make that work. Man. Um, <laughs> yes, so yeah, indeed. like, and, and that's the thing, man. That's why we always like we've never charged an artist to be in one of our shows ever. And and just for the record, neo fight promoters, let me tell you something. I went to do the show, the first show. We, I did the rollout show. I got a gift bag, got some nice shit. I left really drunk. Second show, I went. I did the show. It was it was a great show. The crowd was cool. The venue was dope. Um, we had some technical difficulties in the beginning, but we worked them out. Shout out to DJ Dovecon, by the way. Um, but at the end of the night, I'm going to tell y'all something, and I'm, I'm going to say this to you now, all you new school promoters that are trying to start throwing shows and trying to do crazy shit to artists. 
I got ready to leave. This man personally stopped me and said, hey, let me put something in your hand. We ain't make a whole lot tonight, but let me put something in your hand, at least for gas. Do, do, do you understand how much that means to an independent artist that lives 30 minutes away from the fucking venue? Like, I, I, if nothing else, at least let it not be a loss on their part to drive to come do your show. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It's pretty fucking simple. But, I mean, you would be surprised how many times I've been to shows so much further away. I went and did a show in San Francisco. And I drove there Crazy. to San Francisco, and I did the show, and I rocked it. And mm-hmm. when I say I rocked it, I mean I rocked it. And they just shook my hand and said, like, "Yo, thanks for coming." For real. I happened to sell a few <laughs> CDs while I was there, so it was cool. But like, and I understand it's a free event, so whatever. But at the end of the day, you knew I was coming from Washington. Yeah. Like no, no salt on them. All love. I will come back and rock for y'all anytime because the crowd was so hip hop and they were so into it. I'm with it, but it'll have to be in the midst of a tour where I done already made some money somewhere else. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, so I mean, like, how do you view? Okay, so I know that there are certain artists that are always like, okay, boom, we know we fuck with them, so we're yeah. gonna give them first shot to get on this, get on the bill. Absolutely. Um, I know. I, I, I'm thankfully I'm one of those guys. I know Dice is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Dice, what up? I fuck with you, bro. Just so you know, um, and I don't fuck with a lot of rappers, so that says something. Um, but like. What are you looking for in an artist? More so than just... I know it's got to be more yeah. than just the lyrics, but like, what exactly is it that no, you look absolutely. for in an artist before you put them on a bill? So, all right. Well, first I'll start off at saying, like, even even if I listen to, to somebody's shit and, and I don't feel it, mm-hmm. that don't mean that I won't put them on a stage. Because right. that don't... Just because I don't feel something don't mean that nobody else will. Right. I, I, I got music that I like to listen to. That don't mean that everybody likes to listen to it. So, I like, I'll fuck with anybody. And they're like, that's something that we agreed upon early on. Just as, just as long as you feel your shit. Yes. It, that's what matters. So, if, if, uh, if you come on and you're not feeling what you're saying, at that point, I might be like, yo, we can't fuck with this dude. Yeah, but I feel you. Yeah, just because I'm not feeling what you're saying, that don't mean shit to me. It's a matter of do I know that you're feeling what you're saying, yeah. and do I and do I feel like the crowd is going to be receptive of yeah. what it is you have to give? Because I put together plenty of shows where there were I, I, a lot of times I try to split it in half. Um, if I do six acts, I have three quote unquote real hip hop acts. Okay, I'm gonna stop saying quote unquote three real, real. hip hop acts, <laughs> and then three you know. Something other than real hip hop acts, and it could be trap rap, it could be emo, it could be whatever. But yeah. um, just to give some variance, because mm-hmm. um, I, I would hate for the whole, like. Sometimes even I get bored hearing a whole show of like ten boom bap acts. I'm like, fuck, I'm so sick of this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why I even started making different shit because I was like, okay, I'm tired of doing this now. Like, I, like if a, a boom bap beat really hits me in the heart, I'll yeah. do it. You know what I'm saying? But. Um, right now, I'm just looking for the best sound. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Whatever sounds the best, and I feel like I can kill it. Like, let's do that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, now I know you said you do art as well. Yeah. Um, far as, uh, are you like a freehand drawer? You do graphic design? What, like, what, how do you prefer to do that? Um, I usually do graphic just because, like, so I, I actually started out freehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I've been doing that for... I I messed with a little a little bit back in the day, but I just didn't get you know keep up on that shit. But then about five years ago, my boy Cuss the artist, shout out to Cuss, 
Uh, check him out, Cuss the Artist. Mm-hmm. That dude is on next level. He does he does sneaker, he does graffiti, he does a, a huge chunk of the cleats for the Seahawks for oh, wow. um, the cleats for uh, uh, Cause. Mm-hmm. Um, he he does. I think last year he did like nine of the Seahawks. He did their cleats. I um, mean, and he the thing is, as these guys get traded, um, so he did Michael Bennett. Mm-hmm. Once Michael Bennett got traded. He still does Michael Bennett, so now he's, he's all over the, the NFL. For all over. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Okay, you know, uh, he does he does Frank Clark um, and all these all these cats shout him out. So he's got a good name, but I, I know I known him since elementary school. Oh wow! I came up with him. And, That's crazy, man. Uh, oh, we man. started a little business together about five years ago, and um, he was like, "Yo, like I, you know, I started throwing out some ideas or shit." Very first thing it was, I was like, "Yo, I want a woo um, uh, design. Can you can you like hook it up for me?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll get it done." But yo, I got a couple of these designs. We should knock this shit out first. And I was like, "Yeah, bet. Let's do it." Um, and then I was like, "Yo, you mind if I change some of this shit real quick?" Like, you know, like uh, he did our logo. I changed that shit around. And he was like, "Yo, that looks dope, man." And I was like, "Yo, like, let's get on that woo one." And he was like, "No, nah, fuck it, you go do it. Like, you don't need me." <laughs> so He's like, you got this shit. So man. I just started working that shit out, and then yeah, we just started partnering up on the art together, and um, yeah, from there I just you know once BCG started, like you know I do all the flyers and I do all that shit digital just because it's easy at that point yeah. to transfer it over to to Facebook and Instagram and, yeah. and all that shit. Um, so yeah, it really just depends. You know, I do do a bunch of um, um, commission work that's freehand, um, but yeah, a lot of it's digital, and it's just a matter of, you know, what what the person's looking for. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah, because I mean, it's a. Uh, I really wish that I had known. I didn't. Like, it's a lot of stuff I don't because I, uh, I I can admit it's because I've been such a self-contained artist for the last fifteen years. Like yeah. it's just like. I'm used to doing things a certain way, and then I moved all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. And I mean, granted, the internet makes it easy for me to still work with the people I worked with on the East Coast, but I can't build relationships here if I continue working with people over there. I have to start working with people here. So, yeah. you know, I reached out to, uh, shout out DJ uh, DJ Ekis, I almost said his name wrong, uh, <laughs> who was actually doing, he did the cover for Crown Chronicles. Um, nice. And he's also doing the, the the cover for my next project that's about to come out. So that crown um, cover is dope, though. Like, oh that's yeah, some good shit. and shout out to my guy Blaze Belushi who actually drew the initial character, um, and then Ekis took it, put it in color, and then added all of the bells and whistles to the cover. Nice. So it was it was cool that like to have two guys that I like that I'm really cool with, you know, work together, and, and between the two of them, they came up with exactly what I needed for that yeah. and it's weird that it's my brightest album cover ever but it's probably my darkest album mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so it's like <laughs> that's a contrast for you but whatever <laughs> so you know um, now I, I know you're from here mm-hmm. so um, have you ever been to the East Coast? yeah so so I was I, I was born in Washington um, but I moved down to LA um, and I was there for like two and a half years Okay. Um, and then from there, I moved actually out to North Carolina. <laughs> okay. Um, and I lived in Raleigh for a year. Now one now, what up? Yeah, yeah. So, and man, and, and and that's the thing, man. Like that's different living, man. Like that's crazy. Boy, and, and, and ever. When, yeah. when you and I talked about your move, like yeah, like that's that's some night and day shit, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and and yeah, like for me going from Seattle to LA to to North to to North Carolina, like that's three so 
like so like that's different planets man really like, i might as well have gone from earth to mars to jupiter <laughs> you <laughs> like, ain't lying like that shit changed lying. man that's and, real <laughs> yeah and that's the thing you learn new shit everywhere you go and oh, yeah. i mean honestly like that you being in la is where i fell back in love with hip-hop because that underground in la um, some people know nothing about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you're you right. Get, you get the underground coming from New York. You get the underground coming uh, from from North Carolina because the underground in North Carolina is very dope. strong. Very strong. Yes. Oh, shout out um, Jamla, little brother, Superstition, everybody, man. I can't Lazarus, my guy, man. I I, I got so many homies, especially in the, like in North Carolina period, because of course that's where I live, but. The Raleigh scene in particular is a special place in my mind. Like both yeah. my parents still live in Raleigh. My brother still lives in Raleigh. I have a lot of homeboys in the music scene, you know, in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, Lazarus is probably, and I say this all the time, and if you've never heard Lazarus, I suggest you check him out on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you listen to music. It's L-A-Z-U-R-U-S. He is absolutely positively one of my 10 favorite MCs I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm putting I, when I do my top 10 list, I put him in the same list I put Nas and Rakim in them in. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he's that good, but um it, Okay, so I, I get what you're saying though because the funny thing is I only been here for a week and I went on the road with Raz. Yeah. on the Macklemore tour. So, um I'm not I'm I me being a newbie to the West Coast and then going to Portland and seeing like, whoa, Portland is different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know. Portland is very different. Okay, then we leave Portland and we went to San Francisco and I'm like, wow, San Francisco is weird. <laughs> then I went right <laughs> across the bridge to Oakland and I'm like, oh man, Oakland is so real. <laughs> and then we left Oakland and went to LA and I'm like, man, this is fucking nuts. What is this? And I'm hanging out at Hollywood and I'm like, dude, why am I walking on stars with people's names mm-hmm. on them that I've been seeing on TV my entire life? And I was just like, eh, that's funny. But Seeing it up close and personal gives it a whole different feeling, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But and you would never think that in a place like LA where it's all bright lights and sometimes trickery, as mm-hmm. I would say, that the hip hop scene would thrive the way it does there. Now, Washington. Washington has a potentially strong hip hop scene. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the absence of record labels or any of the other infrastructure that these other cities has yeah. kind of stifles the, the scene here, not to mention the mentality of some of the artists. Absolutely. Um, so, like, what have you seen to be some of the biggest roadblocks to people moving forward from just being a dope Seattle artist to mm-hmm. being a dope everywhere artist? It, 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 it's all about the sleep, man. Like, the, the records label sleep on Seattle. Yes. Like, Seattle... Like okay, okay, you got Macklemore that's come out of Seattle, okay, right. but ain't ain't nothing huge come out of Seattle since grunge. True that. True that. You know, you want to talk about? I really, uh, I really thought Jay uh, Park was Nirvana. Um, you know, Pearl Jam. You know, some Ooh. some of these cats. Pearl Jam's from here. Yeah, I, I, I think the lead singer. Wow, I crazy. think the lead singer's from around here. Oh, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, okay. it's just like so the the growth of grunge. You know, primarily came out of Seattle, and after that, like you got a couple acts that have that have come up, but none of them hit it big. Right. And then you got Macklemore, and it's like, okay, you got a one-off, and 
now, but the thing now is, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all about that sleep. And the problem is all of the labels sleep on Seattle, and it starts putting the artists to sleep, too, because they think that it's never going to happen. Very true. So now all of a sudden they're falling asleep. Even though they got, uh, you know, some, some dope shit that could, you know, rival some of these biggest names out there. And I so I'm just gonna throw that shit out real, and that's the thing. I know that you're not. I know you're not originally from here, right? But when you talk about Pacific Northwest hip hop, the the biggest artists of Pacific Northwest hip hop don't shout out Pacific Northwest hip hop. This is true. They they don't I show any that. love to their own area. I noticed that. You yeah. coming from the outside and coming in, you shout out two five three more than anybody I've ever heard. <laughs> coming from North Carolina. <laughs> and it's like, come on, y'all like and I and, get that a and, lot, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, you know, you you've embraced mm-hmm. it and you've made this your life mm-hmm. and and that's that's cool. But it's like the motherfucker that was born down the block. Why ain't you doing that shit? And you know the, these cats that are out here trying to throw out two hundred six. It's like, you know, get it out there, man. And that's the thing, like, you know. So and, and that's you know what we're trying to do with BCG. But I mean, just me personally, like coming back after falling back in love with that that underground sound, because um, there's 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 something inherently different yes. about an underground sound than mainstream oh yeah and you know you could have the exact same beat but to your point that that production you you're you're overproducing the producers are using the exact same beat okay we'll put this new treble line here solid okay now we're good Oh, it sounds like a totally different exactly. song. No, it doesn't. No, it don't. Bro. <laughs> it's not like, like the same you shit. You don't think that we can't hear that shit? So, but yeah, like you know that 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 rough, gritty, undercut, passionate hip hop. That's underground, yes. and there's so much of that here, just waiting to blow out. And but the problem is, it's just as people start sleeping. You know, they, 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 you know, bills stack up. Like I said, it's that grind shit, man. Yes, sir. So all of a sudden the, the music has to take a back step real quick. You know, I, I wanted to drop this album, but you know, motherfucker, you know, broke my foot the other week and you know, now I got, you know, medical bills to pay. So, you know, I got to pay rent or I got to pay, you know, uh, record, you know, so, you know, uh, studio time. Specifically why my, my new album is not out yet. Um, other than the fact that I'm not done writing, but I mean, I think sometimes as an artist, you, um, uh, I guess, I guess I can speak as an artist, even though I'm in a different role at the moment. Um, there's a lot of times that I have to make that choice. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, I can agree with that 110%. Like there's times where I say, damn, I need to go to the studio. Even though I can record at home, there are times that I want to go, let somebody else push the buttons and I just want to rap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, um. But I have to say, nope, I'm just going to have to record it at home, even though I don't feel like doing it, um, because I just can't afford to go yeah. to the studio right now. And, or I can't go do this thing. I have to stay. Like, even us supposedly doing the, the interview yesterday, mm-hmm. I was like, well, shit, they offered me some OT. I kind of need it. I still got to pay for this plane ticket to get to the Netherlands. Yep. I need to get this overtime. So, um, you know, the Netherlands the Netherlands thing is a good look. Um but 
I still have to. It's not like I got booked on the festival and now they're just gonna pay for everything. Oh, we're gonna yeah. fly you over here. We're gonna shuttle you. We're gonna pay for your room. No, I pay for all of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm paying for all of that for the opportunity to be in front of those people. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that's bothered me the most about artists in this area, uh, Tacoma, Seattle, Olympia. I'll even go as far as Bellingham, Yakima, yeah. Washington. Let's just say Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I performed in Bellingham three, four times since I've been here. Mm-hmm. I headlined a show in Bellingham since I've been here. I performed in Olympia at least eight times since I've been here. I performed in Aberdeen four times since I've been here. Mm-hmm. I performed in Portland, Salem, Eugene, San Francisco, Oakland, Los Angeles, um, San Diego, Seattle, of course, Tacoma, yeah. of course. But the the thing that bothers me is I know guys who were born and raised here, mm-hmm. and they've been rapping almost as long as I have. And for you to live in Tacoma and tell me that you're 35, 36, 37 years old, you've never done a show in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You've never done a show in Olympia. You've never done a show in Spokane. <laughs> you've never done a show in Yacht. You've never even been to Bellingham. Uh, you have never done a show in Portland, which is only two hours away. Like... I have to question the grind that's inside of people. Like, people always talk about it in their songs. Yeah. I grind all day. Okay, so you can grind on the corner doing something that's going to take, that could possibly take you away from your life that you're trying to live all day. You can yeah. do that, but you won't get in your car and drive two hours away to Portland to go do a show to enhance your visibility. Um, of course, yeah, you may not get paid for it the first time. You may not get paid for it the first five times. Yeah. But... By the time you get to time number six and you've been consistent for the first five and the crowd is starting to come see you, mm-hmm. they know you're coming, they're coming. Now, number six, you can say, yeah, I want to come, bro, but it's going to cost you something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It ain't got to be a whole hell of a lot, but you're going to have to pay me. Yeah. And, like, I just want to I, I want to get a better understanding from somebody that's from here yeah. about why that's the case. Like, I don't, I've never understood. Like, it's almost impossible to get somebody from Tacoma to even come to Seattle to support you at a show. Yeah, for real. Or, or vice versa. Like, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. So, I mean, like, has it always been that way? And if so, like, what do you think the underlying reason for that is? It, yeah, it, I'll say, from what I've seen anyway, it, it's always been that way. Um you There is such a disconnect. And the thing is, like, there is so much... There's so much culture and so much love in the Seattle hip hop community. I think that, yeah. It's only equal, only by the Tacoma hip hop community. You have the other areas, don't get me wrong. No doubt. But Seattle hip hop and Tacoma hip hop, you have so much just crazy talent in those areas. That if if we were ever able to knock down that wall, that's why we built our shit in Burien. No doubt, <laughs> we fought right in the fucking middle. Um, if we, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We want to break that wall down, and we want to bring that love from Seattle to Tacoma and from Tacoma to Seattle. And I, I there's there's a couple different reasons that I've seen um, that have done it. Back in the day, a lot of times it was just because. How am I supposed to know when some shit's going on in, in Seattle? I'm never up there. Right. You know, I, I'm down on, I, you know, I just went down to, you know, down to, uh, the, the, you know, the barbecue place on the corner and, you know, that motherfucker got a flyer up in the window about a show, you know, over, you know, three blocks down. I know about that I'm show. Going that, I'm yeah. going to go to that show. I'm going to get a couple connects. I'm going to, you know, talk to the dude that's putting the show on. 
you know, I'm starting to build. Right. But that's all down here. So you ain't seeing that what's up north. Now, internet hits. We start building that shit up a little bit. Now that excuse is off the table. You know that it's hump that is coming. Oh, yes. It's just a matter of are you willing to to go out and and get out of that comfort zone? And I think that to a point that is kind of what it is. It's just about going up to, to Seattle is out of that comfort zone. Because I know these venues down in Tacoma. I know the big hitters down in Tacoma. I know that I can kill a show down in Tacoma. Because you're talking about two different audiences, too. Yeah, absolutely. Two different audiences. Absolutely. Yeah. I know I can kill down in Tacoma. I don't know if I can kill in Seattle. But the thing is, you ain't never going to find out until you try. The funny shit is, I kill way more in Seattle than I do in Tacoma. But like, <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, it's crazy to me. Like, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Like... You never know until you try it, and and that's exactly what I'm talking about. You go up there and you just kill that stage, and you know the, the dude coming on after you don't even want to go up because you don't want to look punked out. I feel like maybe I didn't have those blocks because I'm not from here, yeah. so I didn't have a reason to feel like, oh, I live in Tacoma, I can't go to Seattle and do a show. Like my initial goal when we moved here was to move to Seattle. That was yeah. the goal because that's all anybody knows about Washington. Mm-hmm. So like it was like, yep, we're moving to Seattle. We're moving to Seattle. And then I got here, and was like, yo, it costs an arm, a leg, and a liver to live in Seattle. Real. So they were like, yo, check out Puyallup, uh, check out Tacoma though, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool. So um, I, I just feel like, and I say this a lot. Um, and I don't mean any disrespect to Seattle artists when I say this. But what I say is I feel like Seattle is the difference between Seattle and Tacoma is like Hollywood and Compton. Absolutely. Hollywood is really bright. And there are some really talented mm-hmm. people there, but there are also a lot of people who aren't talent who aren't talented that the light makes look good. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Compton, it's dark, it's gritty, it's grimy, and all of the talent is in the shadows because it's kind of dangerous to be in the light. So, I, at one point I said I think Seattle has the better, that uh, has the bigger artists, but Tacoma has the better rappers. Yeah, and I, and I I'm not sure if I still feel that way because of some things I've heard recently. But I was still new to the area, feeling that way. Sure. And like just I got more of an earful of cats down here. Um, now, are you, how, I don't know how familiar are you with the um, Black Umbrella movement, like Raz and Fatal Luciano and King Lee's and all of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. I, I, I usually use them as my example because until um, until I got here, I didn't know that Lee's wasn't from Seattle. Yeah, He's from Tacoma. I didn't know that. But he's the only artist that's not from Seattle that's a part of their team. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and, I, and I asked him on a couple of occasions, like, how did this even come to be? You know, but and they, like their brotherhood is through music, but also through other things. So, um I guess my biggest question in regards, especially to what y'all are doing with Big City Grind, y'all, like you said, you all are situated in a perfect place, right between Seattle and Tacoma. Um, And what do you think it's going to take to take to make Big City Grind what it needs to be in order to be what it needs to be for the Seattle music scene or for the Washington music scene? We just got to prove it. That's all. That's 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 exactly what it's gonna take. Right now, we got the momentum. We got the artists. I've never had a single artist hit our stage that didn't want to fuck with us again afterward. And that's because, I, I at least I can say I hope that's because they can see how much love we have 
for that scene. Y'all are also genuine, y'all. man. So genuine, and and that's one reason why I I won't hesitate. I like that that one day I was gonna be in North Carolina, but like, yeah, if you hit me like, yo, can you do this? Unless I got something major going on, or it's gonna be a conflict of uh time or something i'm there man because y'all are genuine most definitely no and we appreciate it and that and that's the thing man like you know an artist saying no like man if you got something going on like you went and did them shows in in north carolina and to me i'm like yo like like i get excited about that for you too and and that's (laughs) That so I'm like yo yeah like don't even worry about that like my state is always going to be open so like you know if you can't make it this one like okay like you know I'm performing in North Carolina I'm performing in the Netherlands oh yeah, <laughs> um, no, yeah. um you know I I got bills to pay <laughs> like you know I, so I got to work that night you know like to me like that that no trip like it's like okay cool like you know we'll just hit the next one like schedules ain't always gonna line up. True. And, and to a point, you don't want to have the same five artists on every lineup anyway. That too. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I, I yeah, I ain't even tripped about that. But, yeah, it's just a matter of I do I do want to work with artists as much as possible as far as, like, the same artists just because, it, you know, to a point, you know, the these guys that are out there listening, um, you you can't just turn their headphones on. You got to turn their headphones on, give them something dope, and then smack them in the head with a bat. Yes, yes. That that continuity is what is what's important. Consistency is. I, I try to tell younger guys when I talk to them, uh, and I tell my son because he's uh he just he moved to New York last summer, mm-hmm. and I was like, look, man, you just put your first project out. And I, I was shocked because he really did it without my help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he asked me little things on the slide. And I was like, why is he asking me that? Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, he's like, yo, he sent me the link to Spotify. And I'm like, wait, you got an album on Spotify? What the fuck? <laughs> so, you know, like, it was crazy to me. But, like, yeah, I know he's working on a new one now. I did a song with him. His, his older brother did a song with him. Yeah. And, like, we, uh, you know, we, it's a good thing that we have so much talent in-house. Yeah. So we can do, you know, we can do whatever we want to do. And, I mean, um, consistency. Absolutely. Consistency sometimes beats talent mm-hmm. because I may be able to rap ten times better than this guy, but if I only drop an album to if I drop the album today and I don't drop another album until next March, mm-hmm. but this guy drops an album today, then he drops another EP in June, then he drops another full length album in October, November. Um, you have to ask yourself, who are they going to remember? Yeah. Are they going to remember me who dropped my one little album in March that might have had two hot singles on it? And then, you know, yeah, I rap better than him, whatever. But he's consistently giving them new music. He's yeah. Consistently performing, consistently touring, consistently being in front of people's faces. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that a lot of these young guys miss. They're waiting for the big payday, the big payoff, when, and not realizing that you have to take small L's. Yeah. Try to minimize the L's you take. Yeah. <laughs> but take small L's to get to the big W, like, and and that's just the way it works. So I mean, like, even with a um, what's my guy, a young boss, young boss in King City, those are my guys, mm-hmm. and um, I have a, a great deal of admiration for those guys because they both came from somewhere else. Oh shit, I didn't fuck nothing up though. Nope, it's still recording. Okay, so um. They, came, they both came from somewhere else and have come here and began to build their brand and to plant their flag and yeah. and, and people are starting to know their names. Yeah. So, Big City Grind has a lot to do with that because 
I knew who they were. I interviewed them on here. Mm -hmm. um, but then I noticed that even my interview with them on Path of Politics got more plays after they were on Cocktails and Conversations and then after they had done the show and, you know, a couple other things they've done with you guys. Yes. So, I mean, like, you're already opening doors and creating... Uh, creating a, a larger fan base for people than they may have already had. Yeah. So what is, like, the ultimate goal? Um, the ultimate goal for BCG is is kind of twofold. Because okay. we had... Well, I, I can only speak for me personally. And, you know, obviously, you know, like I said, that cohesion between me, Eric, and Natasha, um, we always have that same focus. But I'll just say it the way I'm going to say it. My goals are for the company and then for the industry. Right. Because if BCG starts doing gang of work, but we ain't helping nobody from the industry, then what the fuck are we doing? I feel it. Like my whole it. goal in this, like when I started out, like doing these shows was to put the Seattle, Tacoma, Pacific Northwest industry back onto that platform. And where it should be. Yes. So if BCG starts hitting, but we're not bringing that name back up as far as the Pacific Northwest industry, then even though we're hitting, I'm still failing. Right. I feel you. So, so 50 percent is crazy. Win. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like that's an F. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. Yeah, so, that's an F in class. For sure. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So, so for me, um, you know, obviously we want to get our name out there. We want to, we want to get to the point where we can offer more to the artists and offer more to the crowd too. Like we, one of my biggest successes, um, and, and kind of like you said, like though taking those little things. Um, sometimes you got to take those little W's too, and yes. and not you know shoot for that big W, but but don't forget to celebrate them little ones. Yes, man. I celebrate all the dubs. Yeah. Trust so me. Yes, my, one of my one of my favorite wins um, coming out of BCG as long as we've been doing these shows is at our last show. Um, homie showed up that we had seen at a couple of the shows before, and Aaron's, uh, Eric's up there DJing. Shout out to DJ Dangerous, no doubt. Um, you know, Natasha's working the door and I'm usually a showrunner. You know, I'm, I'm taking care of the artists, making sure they know what the what their lineup's going to be, um, making sure that they know when they're about to go on. Um, I'm recording, you know, pre-show videos, at, you know, after, uh, you know, after set videos, making sure that ain't no wild shit happening, yes. <laughs> happening on the floor. Um so and every now and then, like you know, I'll start I'll start talking to these cats. And homie showed up, and you know, I'd seen him at a couple other shows. I was like, yo, you know, thanks for coming out. You know, we really appreciate your support. Um, you know, uh, you know, what artists are you, you know, you coming to see today? And he was like, man, I just follow y'all on Facebook, and I saw that y'all had a show going. I haven't heard none of these cats before. Oh, that's dope. And I was like, he came to the show because it was a BCG show. Oh, that's love, man. And that's I love. was like, yeah, I was like, yo, get this motherfucker a drink. Yes, <laughs> like, you cannot be that, yeah. Man. Like, like so that that was that was a proud moment for me. Um, and the thing is, he 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 started digging them artists, and I knew like at least one person in this building. Like, yeah, you know, this dude, you know, brought five people that know him, and and this dude brought five people that know him, and this dude brought ten people that know him. But the thing is, those 10 people know them other two cats now, too. 
Exactly. And then five people know those two other cats now too. That dude that didn't know none of y'all know all y'all. All of y'all now, yeah, exactly. And yeah. he's feeling your shit. That's the important thing. So yeah. that yeah. that's that's my goal. They, when you talk about end goal, that dude, that's my end goal. I feel it. Oh man, you want to have a whole crowd full of that guy? Yeah, For like, real. and I, you, I, man, I can appreciate the hell out of that. Okay, okay, I, I like that. I because you know the funny shit is you would be surprised how many people are five, six, seven years deep in this game and I ask them that question and they don't have an answer. And I'm like, how have you been making music or doing whatever you're doing for seven years and you have no idea what you're doing this for? Like, You, you can't move forward if you don't know where you're walking. Exactly. So I think I think what is... I, me personally, I feel like what, what needs to happen is somebody here... It's going to take somebody being the TDE of Washington. Mm-hmm. So one guy that's going to say, hey, I'm going to start my own label... And it's not going to be some little bullshit label and I just sign every rapper from the neighborhood. I'm going to start my own label. I'm going to get the four best rappers I know. The four best rap, Not only the four best rappers, the four best artists I know mm-hmm. who can not only rap but make good records and are able to sell those records and perform those records to a point that people are going to say, hey, I really want to buy that or I want to go stream that or yeah. whatever the case may be. Um, or, you know, an artist, to me, the difference between a rapper and an artist is I'm not going to buy a rapper's t-shirt but I'll buy an artist t-shirt mm-hmm. all day. So if I buy, I'll buy a Wu-Tang t-shirt before I buy a Cassidy t-shirt. Mm-hmm. As much as I fuck with Cass because he can rap. But to me, he's not an artist. Yeah. He's a rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a difference. Cannabis to me was a rapper they tried to make an artist. Um, he, I, I actually liked his music far better when he wasn't on a major label anymore. So it's going to take somebody being that guy. And I really felt like when I first got here that Black Umbrella could be that because I was like Raz has the sense he has the business brain yeah. for it and they have the money and they have the artists because several of their artists have really big followings mm-hmm. I mean like Hugh Sam Child has a ridiculous following Raz has a ridiculous like this guy's been everywhere he's been on tour in Korea he's done songs with Jay Park and you know uh, even the, the, the artists who don't have mega following like Fatal Luciano has a crazy following yeah and it's like a cult following almost because you almost don't know how big his following is until his name comes up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's my dude. That's my dude. Oh, shit, really? You know, and Anthony Dan's is getting bigger. So I feel like they could be that. But the problem is you have to be all in on music being the thing yeah. in order for that to happen. It can't be, oh, we do music, but we do this and this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool that you do this, this, and this. But the music has to be the foundation. Yeah. Because TDE, I'm sure TDE is going to jump off and do movies at some point and whatever else they do. But if it not, we're not for Black Hippie, you know, Kendrick, Absol, Schoolboy Q, <laughs> J-Rock, they are still the foundation of TDE. Mm-hmm. As, as big as SZA is, there's no SZA without those four guys. You know, Boogie, Reason, Sir, all of these artists, there's none of them without those four guys. So I'm waiting for somebody to say, okay, look, I know I, I wanted to be that guy, but right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to build the platform, get these four artists or these three artists. It doesn't have to be four. Yeah. It could be two people if, if that's what it takes. Well, that's the thing. It's going to start at two, and then it's going to go to three, and then it's going to go exactly. to four, and then it's going to go to six. Because it started eight. with J-Rock, yeah. and then you know, they added up from there. Mm-hmm. So it's just we didn't know who they were until it got to the four. Yeah. But um, So, I mean, I don't know. Do you see anyone... Okay, so I, I asked this instead because I know Travis Thompson has a deal now. Yeah. Um, I know Jay Parker signed to Rock Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, Get the Gab is. I'm not sure if her and Blimes are signed to anybody or if they're just 
in a better situation. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I I'm very I proud of her. Heard of any signing? Yeah, I didn't think they signed with anybody. Yeah. So like, um, but but she's making major waves. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, she's making waves. Raz is making waves. But out of the artists that you're familiar with, mm-hmm. like, who do you see being able to take what they do here mm-hmm. and kind of? Maybe making it more of a national or even maybe international thing to, to bring more light to this area. Alright. So I got I got four artists that okay. I could throw out right now. Um I'm gonna start with the obvious one and I'm gonna explain that a little bit. Okay. Cause we're on Panther Politics. No doubt. <laughs> My first one is seven. Jeez Louise. Okay. <laughs> and and before everybody starts saying, Okay, you know, you're on Panther Politics, you gotta say that shit. Ask any rapper that I fucked with, and they have heard me say that my Mount Rushmore, and I'm saying these exact words, I've told to every artist, my Mount Rushmore of Pacific Northwest hip hop is Seven to Panther, Dice Dilly, and Terry Monstrosity. Whew. Okay. Now, oh, man. the thing is, how many heads does Mount Rushmore have? Four. I only called out three motherfuckers. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that fourth spot is waiting for the next person to hit the next person that I can get down with. So I think, I think, and, I don't, and I'm going to say this and I, I swear, I know people think that I have black umbrella pom poms, but I don't. Those are just my guys and they're really talented. Yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think you should check out Fatal. I really Absolutely. think you'll. I really think you'll like him. Well, and that's a the thing. lot. They, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. So, Fatal. I mean, you know, you can throw out other names too. Like, like I was talking about real life earlier. Yeah, like, no we Absolutely. just as easily Absolutely. we yeah. can throw real life in there too. No doubt. But it's that's just it's just. Of kings in the building. What up? Yeah, okay. I, and 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 you know, so don't get me wrong. Like, you know, there's there's nothing but love and respect for every artist out there. And I'll, I'll check out more Fatal shit. Um, absolutely, and that's the thing. Like, I can only speak to what I'm. To what I'm saying, exactly, and, and I mean, you know, let, you know, we can call out the elephant in the room, the the white elephant in the room. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm a white dude living in black culture. I I I I can never I can never own hip hop. I can never be the best at rap. I can't own rap. You know what's crazy? I'm a guest. You, Eminem, maybe one other person I know have that mentality, and I think that because of that mentality, it makes it easier for you to really really love the culture absolutely when, when some guys are so busy trying to prove that they're part of it it takes away their ability to really love it you know what i'm saying like yeah. just like sometimes being an artist if i get so far going in my artistry i forget how to be a fan yeah and i have to stay a fan in order for me to really be the best artist i can be um so yeah i feel you absolutely yeah absolutely i mean when it comes to that i don't know just i just for me, knowledge is power. So while yes. I know that I can never be, I can never be the the center of of hip hop. I can never be the center of this beautiful black culture. For me, knowledge is power. So I'm gonna learn everything I can of it. I'm gonna talk to people. You know, like I'm constantly reading books and everything that goes into black culture, whether it be music, whether it be, you know, the, the struggles I, I'm reading, a, I'm reading a book on my phone right now, and this is hella offshoot and I don't want it to go in the wrong direction, but it's called, um, um, shit. There's just no just such, so that there's I don't, no such thing as a wrong direction. Just so that I don't politics, butcher it. Um, <laughs> there's no such thing as a wrong direction. So I'm reading this book <laughs> right now. I'm about a third of the way through it and it's called incidents in the life of a slave girl. 
Oh um, yeah, I heard it. I by Harriet Ann Jacobs. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I have heard of it. it yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's crazy, man. And you know, where like, do you get your ebooks at? Chirp dot com. Free. It, they're they're like one ninety nine. Oh, word. Yeah. yeah, and there's there's like there's they they put out new books like every day, and that's the thing. Like I got that. I got um, um, the biography of Martin Luther King that I'm I'm reading next. Um, you know, I got I got um, uh, one of Quincy Jones books on there, and that's the thing. Like, it, it, and that's the thing. Like, it's all just about you know. I hear this shit every day. Like, yo, you know white boy white boy white boy and that's the thing like you've heard me say this before i fucking hate white people <laughs> yes i have and the only the <laughs> only reason i say that shit is because white people are so self-centered because when you say white people they think i'm <gasps> white he means me yeah exactly yeah so just now if i said that shit when i said i hate white people if you got mad at that then it's true i hate you you're one of those white people he's talking about yeah <laughs> If you if you just let that go off your back, I can fuck with you all day because oh, yeah. that means like when somebody talks about white people in front of me, it's like, cool. He ain't talking about me. Yeah, I know who I know who I am and I know what I represent. Yeah, I know what I stand for. Now, like, whatever. If you want to come talk to me, like the the only term that I that that I might have to yeah, me and you about to scrap is somebody call me a white boy. And it's not even the fact that you're calling me white. It's the fact that you're calling me a boy. Step to me as a man, and you can say whatever you want. Call me cracker, honky, any of that shit. I don't care. That, I mean, it rolls off the back. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> See, that ain't nothing but love, though. You feel me? So, and, so that's, that's the thing, man. It, it's, just, it's just... But that's the thing. Like, everything else, like, when, when people start talking about the white community, it's like, you ain't talking about me. You feel like, me? Like, you know, come to my house and you, we can talk about the white community and <laughs> I'll burn that shit down with you. <laughs> because, but yeah, like, so that that's the kind of shit that just drives me insane about the white community, man. But, you know, people, people talk that shit and I hear it every day. And like, you know, it's a matter of, you know, being in that, that hip hop community and being, you know, uh, um, kind of trying to center myself in that and it's like like i said it's just all about trying to build that knowledge so you know like somebody will ask me what i'm listening to and i'll show them you know i'm you know listening to a book about a slave girl and they're like okay either you're a white dude trying to be black or (laughs) you're you know about to go teach a history lesson at you know a university or something and it's like exactly no nah. motherfucker i'm just trying to learn like that's, that's what books are for bro like, exactly so like oh, you know God. if trust me if i could sit down with quincy jones and ask him about his life and ask him about black culture and ask him about all of these things like you know the struggles I, that he had to go that. through yeah. trust me i'd rather be in the room with the dude I'd much rather do that yes <laughs> but i can't so i'm gonna read his I'm book read it, yeah because <laughs> i mean you know we have a that we actually just and i, I don't mind saying this because fuck it why not but um okay so i mean everybody pretty much knows that knows me out here that i, I roll with um ready ron beats mm-hmm. so myself mojo barnes another amazing artist shout out mojo barnes uh, Jamel Moxie, uh, Marcian Jamel Moxie, another amazing artist. Shout out to him. Shout out Soul Interrogator and Jewel Cipher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just did a record, and it was directed at uh, a particular individual of the Caucasian persuasion mm-hmm. who 
uh, is a rapper, but takes it upon himself to be disrespectful to black people and to disrespect like Ron put him on you know yeah. and Ron Ron made calls and got him a pass in the hood like yo don't fuck with him I'm rocking with him mm-hmm. and um he totally disregarded that and and you know he's he's off his he's off his rocker just a little bit so he was like okay well look we just gonna slap box him a little we're not gonna punch him in the face yet we just gonna slap box him a little yeah. so we did the track the other day and um as I was listening back to it I was like damn this almost kind of sounds like a punch in the face I thought we said we was gonna slap box him <laughs> but like when you get into a certain mode, it's hard to to dial it back. Because in my mind, I was like, dude, you don't even realize that the only reason you're even able to do some of the things you're doing is because he made it possible for you to move in those circles. Yeah. Without his green light, you would not be allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, because you totally don't look the part and you don't act the part. And when I listen to you rap, I don't believe that you believe what you're saying. So... The casual, and this goes back to what we were discussing in the beginning. The casual listener and the real hip hopper are gonna hear things differently. Absolutely. The casual listener will hear you rap, it's like, oh, that's so cool, he's rapping. And the actual hip hop head is like, this shit is trash. What is this? You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I get in a lot of trouble for calling shit trash. I do. I get in a lot of trouble for it. Amen. And I call shit trash <laughs> on here all the time because I don't give a fuck what nobody thinks. If I think it's trash, I'm gonna call it that. But, um, when that shit belongs on the curb, what else are you gonna call it? You feel it? me? I mean, like, so like, case in point, Royce the Five Nines new album Allegory. Oh my god, dang, it is huh? fucking incredible. Dang! <laughs> oh my god, it's incredible. But you know, um, the funny thing is that a lot of people don't realize when Eminem came out, they're like, "Oh, Royce riding Eminem's coattails." Like Royce was on M's first album, on two songs on mm-hmm. M's first album. They came in the game together. The only reason. It didn't come the way it was supposed to. Aftermath was gonna sign Royce, yeah. but he didn't want to wait. So when Tommy Boy made the offer, he took it. So they ended up not being on the same label, and therefore some label politics started coming into play. And that, and that's one thing that you rappers need to remember. There's a reason to stay independent. That way, nobody on the outside can come between you and your friends. Yep, because. If you think that the problems with Wu-Tang Clan generated strictly from Wu-Tang Clan, Mm-mm. you're wrong. If you think that Royce and M's problems generated from them not getting along with each other, you're wrong. A lot of that stuff was predicated by label politics and people who had nothing to do with them being friends for all the years they were friends prior to this record, record deal business. Um, so to watch Royce grow into what he is now, to go through Rock City and then having to go to mixtape mixtape route because he couldn't really put an album out. Yeah. And then... Finally, you know, joining Slaughterhouse and then Slaughterhouse falling apart because Joe Budden, I love you, but damn it, you <laughs> fucked it up for everybody. And, and, you know, and then to now be on this run that he's on, I honestly feel like the last three to four projects that he's put out have been the best work he's done mm-hmm. in his entire life. And, and I'm not even counting the prime projects he did with, with Primo, which also fall into that category. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking six solid-ass albums in the last four or five years that are better than almost every other thing that's come out in that time frame. Yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't get acknowledged for it because he's not a mainstream rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, what Royce is now is what I feel like artists, whether you're new, you're five years in, you're ten years in. If you look at Royce the Five Nine, he should be your. He should be the he should be the standard. Yeah, you should want to be that good or better. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least if you shoot for that and you miss by a little, oh my God, you have no mm-hmm. idea how mm-hmm. remarkable your career is getting ready to be. Yeah. Because sometimes we as artists don't realize the reason why our careers go sideways is because we lost focus of where the finish line is. And sometimes you get distracted by the smallest thing. Like when I first started rapping, I would get distracted by women so easily. Like, so easily. I'm supposed to go to the studio, a chick called me, I'm completely missing the session. Or, you know, we could be in a cypher and we freestyling and we sharpening, you know, still sharp and still. We're sharpening each other up. Chick walk by and I want to talk to, I'm slinking out the session to go talk to her. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it, it's dumb. And I and I realized after, it's, I probably didn't realize it until around 04 when my first solo album came out, that um, I'm damaging my possibility of being everything I can be by allowing other things to stand in the way of what my goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, go, things that have nothing to do with... Like, it's one thing if there's a death. That's yeah. one thing. Um, and, we, and there's something dealing with death I want to get to in just a second. Or, or monetarily, like we were speaking on earlier. Sometimes yeah. that gets in the way. Uh, family issues sometimes gets in the way. If, you're, if you have children, you know that your children always come first. So sometimes something going on with your kid is going to get in the way. Um, but those things notwithstanding, if you if you can minimize that, mm-hmm. there shouldn't be anything else to stand in the way of what you're trying to do. Now, a lot of the young guys now are so lost. And the bad part about it is they're lost and they don't realize that they're lost. They think yeah. that they have all the answers, <laughs> but unfortunately they don't. And um, that brings me to the point I was just speaking about, about the rest of peace to pop smoke. Um, I only heard three of your songs before you died, three of them, and I, I wasn't particularly fond of one of them. The other two I thought were pretty dope. Um, we're losing entire we're losing an entire wave of artists right now. Mm-hmm. The artists who are supposed to be the ones to take us into the next century of of rap are dying, and the young guys feel like we can't relate because we lost our artists later in the game like they yeah. weren't just getting started and died like they they literally had albums but I'm like Big L had really one album mm-hmm. just one before he got murdered and the big picture came out after he got killed yeah uh, Big Pun completed one actual album before he died Yeah Baby came out later yeah he recorded all of it but you could kind of tell that he wasn't all the way in yeah. it when you listen to it um you know, Biggie and Pac, that speaks for itself. Um, Freaky Time, rest in peace. I just watched the unsung about the Lost Boys the other night, man. It broke my heart just thinking about it. Golly. Um, uh, everybody says Flavor Flav. I honestly think Freaky Time might be the best hype man in the history of hip hop. Yeah. Um, let me see something. Let me make sure. Oh, it's still recording. My daughter was calling. I'm texting, <laughs> I'm texting her because I can't answer. Mom is on her way. All right. Boom. Okay, so, so I mean, like, what do you see, especially with the generation? Because you you guys deal with actually artists new in almost artists, every yeah, in, yeah, in almost every stage of the game. Like, mm-hmm. you got some really new guys, you got some mid range guys, and then you got old buzzers like me. So, like, um, like, what do you see as being the over overwhelming reason why there's so much dissension between the generations right now? A lot of it came from. From what I've seen, it, the rap game that that you started in and you grew up in is a completely different rap game than these dudes are. Yes. These guys are having to worry about 
how many hits they're getting on Spotify, how many hits they're getting on YouTube. Um, you know, the the internet completely changed the 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 music game, not even the rap game, the music game. Digitization period. Yeah, changed yeah, the rap game. Yes. Um so, you know, these guys are having to look at a lot of different things that, you know, back in the day it was just like how many albums am I selling? Yes. And how, how many albums am I selling? How many tickets am I selling? Yeah, exactly. Show? That's like, like yeah, yeah, you know, when we, when we start talking about, you know, stage, you know, are are we getting um you know, uh, the, you know, are we in the heads out there? You know, how many, how many shows am I doing, you know, per month? Exactly. Yeah. You know, nowadays there's so many more things to listen to or, you know, so many, so many more things to pay attention to. Um, but to a point it's also easier. Oh yeah. It's way easier. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's, there's more, but there's less effort that has to go into those things. But like I was saying earlier, I literally don't have to leave home to record my album. Yeah, I, that's all I need right there. <laughs> you know and the saying? thing is, the thing is about about in home studio going back to that grind. You say you have to say, okay, I'm not I, I'm not going to record this at a studio. I'm going to save the money. I'm going to do it at home. I got to make sure that my electric bill is paid. Yes, so that I can turn that shit on. <laughs> so there's a lot of shit that goes into that, man. Yes, sir. And the thing is, like with with some of the with some of the seasoned veterans out there, they've had to go through that. They've had to go through homelessness. They've had yes. to go through, you know, can can I put food in my kid's stomach? A lot of the newer cats, and hey, this ain't to this ain't to offend any anybody in particular. And if you're if you're a new rapper, we all we all got our own struggles that we've been through. Thanks. You know, I, I absolutely get that. So don't don't trip on me. Um, but a lot of rappers out there, and this is that same thing, like like the white thing. Like if if you think I'm talking about you, then I probably am. Um, <laughs> a lot of the newer rappers out there are so entitled because they haven't had to do these things. Exactly. And their their parents pay for their first record, and. Yes. Oh, the the three hundred dollars that I just made off of this paycheck is going straight into uh, studio time because oh, yeah. I don't have to worry about my power bill. Because I'm, I'm twenty two years old and I still live bill. with my mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom will pay the power bill and I'll be watching Netflix when I get home. Yeah, but the three hundred dollars that I made is going into studio time. Exactly. And, and if that's your life, cool. Absolutely, I ain't mad. Make at you. make the most of it. Please. Because you never know when that shit's gonna change. Oh yeah. So mom dudes might wake make, up tomorrow yeah, and be like, make those check moves us out. now. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo, let me out at you. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. You know, you know it can happen in a heartbeat, yeah. man. Golly, that's crazy. Hey, check it. I normally don't do this, but we're gonna do it today because I really need to. So yo, check it. I normally don't do part one, part two type things unless it's a really long oh, interview. Shit, and this is not true. a really this is not a really long interview, but what I'm about to do right now is I'm gonna take a time out. I'm probably gonna insert a song right here or something, maybe. I need to go smoke a cigarette, so I'm gonna do that and we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> 